welcome to the Ag Market Network monthly cotton teleconference. I'm Pat McClatchy, and uh, this August 12th edition of our program, we're glad you're with us. Uh, this program is made possible by BASF. Uh, they are the, as you know, the owner, the owners of uh, FiberMax and Stoneville Cotton Seed. We appreciate uh, their support because they make this program possible uh, to you. Uh, today's program is being led. Uh, leading our cotton panel today is Kip Butts. Kip, thanks for joining us and uh, shedding some light on the market. Well, thank you, Pat. Uh, I'm going to just first talk about this USDA uh, report that came out today. And there's a lot in this report, so I'm going to kind of keep it at a, a really high level and let, uh, let my colleagues on the call here fill in the blanks when I, I leave Excuse something me, Kip, out that's you, important. Can you speak up? A little bit, you're kind of faint. Hmm. Okay, can you hear me now? Is it better? Yeah, that's a little better. Okay, sorry about that. may have been my phone. Uh, I was going to say, I'm going to do this report from a pretty high level and then let other folks kind of fill in the blanks. Uh, I guess the main thing is that we got a positive price response, and that's always encouraging from my perspective. This is the first USDA NAS cotton production report. And it was smaller than the July number, and the decline, I think, was not surprising necessarily. There was a wide range of estimates, but it was, I think, a lot larger than even people thought uh, that thought it might be a little lower than the July number. The area harvested was lowered by nearly a quarter million acres from the July level, and yields reduced 18 pounds to 800 pounds per acre. That's down 47 pounds from last year. The Texas yield was reduced sharply and, again, perhaps lower than expected by many, and the lower U.S. production number prompted the export forecast for the 2021-22 crop year to be reduced by a whopping 200,000 bales to 15 million. That small reduction is an indication that demand for U.S. cotton is still perceived as strong. The export carryover for 2021 was uh, export carryover, I should say, was about 1.4 million bales, uh, running bales, giving us a pretty good start on the year. We should note, too, that China has been a bit more aggressive buyer in the first week of the 21-22 marketing year than we've seen over the past few weeks. In the end, the U.S. stocks were lowered 300,000 bales to 3.0 million and was, we think, likely the most prominent factor for the December price move. The forecasted average price, farmer price, was increased in nickel to 80 cents. The export number for 2021 crop year was reduced 50,000 bales, reflecting the show, slower shipments occurring over the past several weeks, and that was just moved to the interim stocks. The transportation logistical problems continue to stymie what appears to be good demand for U.S. cotton. One should note that the census report series are recently higher than the more closely watched export sales reporting system series. Foreign numbers in this report weren't drastically altered, but an increase in the 2021 imports in China of 250,000 were notable, and smaller adjustments in other cotton mill-consuming Asian countries showed uh, a stocks increasing just slightly. The most notable change in the 21-22 crop year was a 700,000 bale reduction in production in Brazil, which all set a half million bale increase in Australia and smaller increases in Mali and Tanzania. The 21-22 crop year saw an encouraging increase in world trade, but that was mostly due to small increases in minor uh, 
players. That said, Pakistan did see a 100,000 bale increase in imports. Global lending stocks were reduced about a half million bales amid all these changes. This report on balance, I think, was was a pretty positive report, although there were a few, uh, I think, surprises, particularly on the U.S. production side. Um, and I think this question surrounding the, the crop size is going to be the dominant feature in the nearby price activity. Uh, this is amid crop conditions that are recently increasing, and progress is rather uneven. By that, I mean some states are doing better than others, and it's just not what we typically like to see. Uh, if there are no questions or corrections to the USDA uh, supply-demand summary, I'd like to call on John and get his opinion on the Texas yield forecast. With Texas being about 54% of the U.S. cotton area, just a small change in year layer, yield there rather, can move the needle quite a lot. So does anyone well, have anything to... that I've missed? I'm sorry? I was going to say you were the 10th person to ask me that question uh, in the last hour. <laughs> Okay. Uh, you know, I can't. Short of short of clarification from NAS about about their surveying process, which there's a lot of questions about that. I, I can only fall back on the same logic that that I had a month ago, which was that, uh, you know, why is there a lower yield for Texas this year relative to last year when the conditions are so good? this year and uh, the only thing that makes sense to me is that because abandonment is so low projected to be so low that a whole bunch more low yielding dry land is being averaged in and it's not it's not going to be the year where that dry land yields two two and a half bales which happens once or twice a decade it, but it's just it's going to get harvested with its typical low yield and that's pulling the average down that's the only thing that that makes sense to me to explain that otherwise i have I have no other answers about what's out there. It's all it's it's all contingent more than usual because the crop is so late. It's contingent on what happens in the next two and a half months, beginning with tropical storm questions or do we, does the Gulf Coast get through that? And then when tell me do we have an ideal September and early October and a late freeze? And things will swing a lot. But USDA is not uh, does not factor that in. Uh, so what they're saying, I just uh, in my opinion, John, is based on conditions today, and that's what they're seeing. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, they're still working off average or normal yeah. normal conditions. I'm not saying anything that you don't know better than I do. I don't mean to imply that. Well, <laughs> otherwise. Well, one one thing that, that I, I think I've noticed, and you guys disagree with me if, if you think that I've, I've missed the mark on this, but I think this seed technology has really surprised us in a lot of areas where I thought, oh, my gosh, these, this condition is not very good for cotton, or it, it was late, or it was uneven. It just, but we seem to get a much better yield than we would have expected under similar conditions a few years prior. Are y'all seeing that pattern? Does that sort of, because I'm, I'm kind of leaning to, to, I guess, maybe give the benefit to the plant and say that it's going to do better than we think. I, I, that... Kip, I've seen that in years where it was the, it was dry and stressful and, and yields did better under lousy conditions. Yes. I mean, I think I've seen that since about 2006. 
um, you know, been proved wrong by how well the crop did under, you know, we all thought it was toast. Uh, but that that's one scenario. You know, here it's it's a question of a late crop sort of working really hard, really fast, trying to catch up. And and maybe that's maybe that's different in terms of uh, the kind of performance you get out of a new. I don't know if they're bred to be fast. <laughs> okay. I think we're saying this away a lot the same thing, or our analysis, our outlook is much the same. I'm going to say it in a little bit different way, uh, but uh, as we know, uh, Washington has banned the USDA employees from coming to the office, not only in Washington, but across the respective states, all 50 of them. And so they're doing this from their home or somebody's home or somewhere. Uh, and I'm just wondering if they have all the data they need in front of them. And more specifically, what I'm saying is somebody somewhere must be smoking some awful serious stuff. Because what you've got here is uh, as you break this, this report down and convert it to world terms, and cut everything, move everything to uh, hectares, you've got a yield in Texas that's only 20, 25% better than the yield in India. And it is uh, uh, more than double, more than 50% reduced from the Brazilian yield. And here we are with this weather in Texas and all this water that I didn't think was coming, but USDA documents it. And we have the absolute finest seed varieties in the world, with maybe the exception of Australia and much of our germplasm for the Texas varieties came out of Australia. And yet... They tell us our yields are just a little bit better than Indian yields, uh, maybe 2.7 uh, uh, bales per hectare. My God, Brazil is 7.5 hectare bales per hectare, and they're telling us Texas is only 2.5, 2.8, something like that. India is 2.4 or something like that. So, you know, there's got to be something, I don't want to say fishy, uh, but there's something about this data to me that does not, not make any sense whatsoever. Now, I was hard on USDA last year, uh, and I think it came to pass. I hope I'm wrong this year. I decided, well, I'm going to be with them 100%. You know, we can easily second-guess USDA in foreign numbers, but when it comes to U.S. numbers, they supposedly are supposed to put the time and the resources and the money in to give us a good estimate. They failed that last year, and gosh, I, I, I'm scared that's happening this year. But uh, your guy, your your respective IQ is a triple, probably what mine is. So I want to hear what y'all say. Well, it's very puzzling. I mean, I don't have a satisfactory uh, uh, assurance or anything for you. It's it's very very puzzling, as and frustrating as it was last year. You know, the the, the more things went on last year, 
you know, the more I got the feeling that I was flying blind. I mean, how dependent I am and, you know, the whole system is on uh, getting good forecasts we needed. Now, the, the only defense that I can offer is depending on when they took the, took the surveys. If they took the surveys, you know, much, you know, let's say earlier than two weeks ago, um, they could have been getting some, some you know, less than enthusiastic responses from growers. But I guess what I'm hearing is that in the last two weeks, that crop in West Texas has really come on strong. And they may not have picked that up in their surveys. That would be the only defense you can offer, I guess, at the moment. Um, and, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked, too. I'm just like John. The only thing you can point to is that, well, they got a lower they got a lower uh, uh, abandonment, so sucks in more dryland acres. So I guess you got to lower the yield. Well, you know, last time they had a yield this low was what 2015, and you had an you had a six percent abandonment. And yeah, I think the Texas yield that year was 610 pounds. But I don't remember what the crop conditions were like in 2015. But you know, this year's pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a good point too, Gerald. From from week to week, or really from this two weeks and the previous two weeks, the previous two weeks it was blasted hot. I mean, bad. And here lately, you know, the the weather lately has been highs in the in the you know low to mid nineties with little showers. That's on the eastern southeastern part of the state, but it's it has been a, just a a little more idyllic for hot summer weather. Gentlemen, I, I, pardon me, uh, but I'm, I know you'll take care of this in private when you have me one-on-one, but I think you're kicking at a can that's not there. This report, certified by USDA, says it is of of conditions as of August 1. What's happened okay. the last two weeks is, is irrelevant. It's August 1 that we're talking about. Right. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, the crops come home the last two, come back, got better the last two weeks. It's got better the last month. But uh, this is <laughs> as of August 1. Uh, right. Uh, it, it, it's, I mean, this is August, and some of that cotton is not blooming yet. It's the middle of August. Oh, wait, you made a comment in our last session about the brown bag seeds out there. You were concerned there might be more, could could there have been some indication that there was more planted and maybe that's not going to give them the yields, which plays right into what John said earlier. I don't know. I'm offering that just as something uh, because I think you made that comment last month. Yep. We were kind of quizzical on it. So could that be a bigger factor than we are, 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 are those seeds going to, do they typically yield that badly? I guess I should say. Yeah. Well, and I understand what you're saying. And I have to say, I do not know. Bottom line, I just just, mm-hmm. just cut it short by saying I do not know. Uh, but it, it's I, I'm unfortunately we're all in the same boat trying to figure out where in the world did these numbers come from. I, at the same time, since I talked about NAS, let me talk about the outlook board. I, I'm very impressed that they did pick up on some increased demand. I was a bit surprised they did not adjust uh, crops anywhere other than basically the U.S., I thought there'd be a little bit, well, excuse me, Brazil had a nice change, but I thought there'd be a little change in India, a little change in China, a little change in Pakistan, but uh, 
uh, I guess that that is a can that they did kick down the road, which I I don't fault them there, but I just was a bit surprised they didn't make any changes but in the U.S. and Brazil. Let's talk about demand. If I could interrupt, let's kind of move over and talk about the demand side of this. Exports today were really good, 342,700, with China taking 123,800. Uh, Gerald, what do you make of that? Is this a kind of a one-time thing, or is, is, is the demand going to start picking up even at these really high levels? Uh, I, I really wasn't picking up that stuff was going on with China. But uh, supposedly, if this was the reserves doing the buying, um, you know, I'm told that guys who sell to the reserves kind of have to sign a confidentiality agreement. So, you know, this could very well be reserve reserves buying. If they're buying now, they're probably going to continue to buy for a while, uh, particularly the way that they're selling out of their daily auctions, you know, every day. So it... it you know, couldn't really figure out why the market kept marching higher. Well, now we know, you know. I mean, 350,000 bales worth of sales, you know, the trade had to had to cover a lot of shorts <laughs> last week. Um, so, and, and I would say that the, the way the things continue to march higher, you know, I bet export sales are going to be very good next week as well. Well, I guess you know, I the, think the function of a market, this. it seems to be to – when things get tight, to move high enough to start choking off demand, and I, it sure doesn't appear we're there. So that leads to the next question, how high can we go on this thing? We closed today at uh, 93.32 with a high of 93.85, and we always ask the question, you know, what, how high can we go, and we might as well ask it. That's, that's well, look, before we go to that, I'm going to make one quick statement that kind of follows in. I just kind of reiterates what, what Gerald was saying. I was surprised the last several weeks of the marketing year how much cotton we sold for prompt shipment. When we weren't getting it, we're able to logistically to get it out. And that is an indication that demand is still really, really strong. They were willing to buy at high prices for prompt shipment realizing that it might not happen, which tells me they really needed the cotton. And these numbers we're getting now just is a continuation of that at these higher price levels. So, I mean, I think we've cautioned before, demand may be a whole lot stronger than we think. And it seems every week or every few weeks and every monthly report we get confirms that. So I, I think we need to keep in mind that demand is probably a bit stronger than whatever we were thinking two or three weeks ago. Sorry to interrupt. Oh, that's all right. What, where are the funds right now? Um, John, you, you keep up with that. Are we uh, are the funds extremely long in the market right now, or, or where are we? Uh, I had it written down on my screen that I can try to wake up. I want to say the net long of the hedge funds is 68,000-something. Uh, which is not uh, – that's not the highest it's been, you know, if you go back to, I think, 2018. But, uh, you know, it's a pretty strong position, but there's still room to grow, which would color, I think, any any of our prognostications on price since it's still summer. Okay. 
I'm thinking we've gotten up in the 70s. Actually, I thought we were right at 75 uh, positions. But, uh, I mean, it's ballpark, same, same. But, uh, yeah, I would certainly ditto John. There's, uh, there's good room to grow, actually. Uh, we're we're going to talk some more, but I really want to go to our listeners. If there's anybody out there that would like to ask a question of our group or make a comment, we want you to do it. And so to do that, I'm going to take this mute off, and the lines are going to be open for everybody and everything. So if you've got a question, ask it, and then I'm going to mute it again so we don't have too much feedback. So hold on here, and we will get this thing uh, unmuted. Do you have any questions for our group or anyone in particular in our group? Go ahead. Pat, we ought to hear something from somebody in Texas because this is where the crops don't be made or not be made. <laughs> that's true. We just uh, just anybody out there that's got a comment to make, to make or a statement or a question, please please go ahead and, well, and uh, ask. This is Ed Teal from Lubbock, and our little area where we farm is really needing the rain. Our dry land was looking good August 1st, but I know it's just a small area right where we farm in our backyard, but it is turned off hot and dry, and that dry land is really beginning to hurt. We could really use the rain this weekend. We have a slight chance, but I know it's rained all around us in different counties. Ed, since I failed to call you the last five years, I apologize very, very much for that. I thought about you many times. Appreciate your comment. But uh, I, I know y'all uh, branch out a little bit and see a fair amount of land area, so uh, I think that's very meaningful, and I very much appreciate your comments. Thank you. All right, any, any, uh, any other questions or any other statements from anyone? Yeah, this is Doug Alavity, out here south of Lubbock. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, we can, Doug. Go ahead. Okay, okay. Well, uh, our crop is, the dry land is, is look, looks about as good as the irrigated, but it's, the dry land is starting to fade now. Our, dry, our irrigated was was kind of set back with a lot of rain and some hail, but it's set back. But it, the dry land looked as good as the irrigated until this week. Now that now that the irrigated is, is looking better, but it's like I say, we're we're a couple weeks late. Ever all the specialists that look at our cotton all say we're a couple weeks late. All right. If I may on on, on that, Doug, what is your sense of how much you've made up, caught up in in the last two weeks or in the last three weeks? I mean, if that's a fair question, it may not be. You know, you know, I'd, I'd say maybe a week, but I mean, this was guys that looked at it Monday, and we're picking some of cotton again, some of our irrigators to speed it up a little bit and try to get it to not you know, uh, add any more growth to it. I'm supposed to be cooler this weekend, and we got a slight chance of rain, but you know, it's, it's come a long way. Yeah. But I'd, I'd still say we need a November, you know, sometime November freeze, and we need a good good September. I, you know, I don't see a lot of bowls out there at all. I see a few bowls, and, of course, I'm seeing a lot of a lot of blues. Yeah. 
but we, we it's getting a good set. Looks like we got a good set too. So we'll we'll just have to see. But our, our dryland, I think it's got potential to all make at least a bale to acre. It depends if we get another rain or so. But I think we could make it easily a bale on all our dryland. All right. Thank you, Doug. Any any other questions or statements? All right. Well, let's uh, we'll turn we'll turn the mute back on again. Okay. Uh, well, let's just talk about price. Uh, we we can kind of go around and just ask ask our panel how high can we go, and also how low can we go. Uh, Gerald, let's start with you. What what are your thoughts on price? Well, I guess I'm kind of, you know, after today, it's kind of hard to know. I, I think we're a little bit frothy up here, uh, so a little correction I don't think would, would hurt us somewhat. But, uh, you know, I think we'd be hard-pressed to get back below $0.87 cents anytime soon. And uh, uh, I, I think we're going to try to make a, a run towards $0.97 cents and, and, you know, Ultimately, how high can we go? It's, it's, you know, it all depends on how much cotton we sell here pretty soon. But 87 to 97 cents probably for the next, uh, well, at least until the next crop report. <laughs> okay. Would be would would be an estimate. John, John, what are your feelings? In about in that? my defense, and you're just going to have to take this on trust. I wrote that same prediction down on the piece of paper in front of me before <laughs> Gerald started talking. Yeah. yeah. We obviously don't trust you. <laughs> this, is, this is scary. All right, Kip, what are you thinking? I hate it when we're all in the same really close because I was thinking 86, 87 cents on the bottom side and 98 cents on the top in the near term because I think we've got, we've, we've got potential to have a couple of sales out here, and Gerald alluded to it earlier. I think that could just get, uh, if the specs aren't in a position uh, where they're, they're too long, I think we could just pop this thing up pretty good. There aren't a whole lot of really good sellers. I think we're going to find be hard-pressed to find strong sellers after this report today. So it makes right. it easier to move up. All right. OA? Well, I was just curious. <clears throat> no one's mentioned this hurricane is getting ready to wipe out half the southeast crop. Uh, <laughs> that's tongue in cheek. Well, I tell you what, you can find that black cloud around any line. That's right. Uh, it, it, well, uh, you know, I what I know. Friday, I wrote in my report. I said we will not break ninety-three cents on this report. We're we have to wait for the September crop report. So. And then, lo and behold, USDA gives us a number that I was expecting in September, not in August. So we obviously we, we broke 93 cents within 15 minutes, I think. Uh, but uh, I, I've, I've been pretty bullish for a while. I toned it down to 93.95 cents because uh, y'all had beat on me so much, and now <laughs> I, I, I think we've. Uh, I, I I would put a put a bottom in this market somewhere around 91 cents I'm a little bit higher than theirs and I think we we we, we Gerald's 97 cents is a good number uh, I think that's somewhat near our next target 
but I think probably it's going to be awful difficult to, to hold this market under a dollar. I don't, I don't have a comfortable feeling of how much above a dollar. But, uh, you know, we can go back to 2007, 2008, uh, that time period, and find that our carryover was extremely low. Our carryover outside of China is going to get low. China, of course, is the the big demand engine driving this, but Pakistan is going to come back for more U.S. cotton. Turkey is going to keep coming for U.S. cotton. Sooner or later, this COVID thing is going to settle down in California where it belongs and free up the rest of the world. Uh, uh, and, and our demand is, is will continue to blossom. But I, I, I think demand is real. The strange thing to me, unusual thing, is I've not seen price begin to ration cotton. And that has to happen, and it typically does happen by now, but I don't see it happening. And, uh, you know, the, the export numbers that we're seeing now are reflecting the last two weeks, actually. And so China's been in here for two weeks uh, and I keep hearing from Eastern merchants anyway that uh, China's just cutting the rug everywhere, uh, and demand is absolutely incredible. So I, you know, I, I'll hang on to this dollar cotton thing, I, uh, and and it's actually I'm getting more and more bullish. Pat, thank you. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, any. Any final statements from anyone? Okay. Well, let's wrap it up. We want to thank uh, BASF for sponsoring us and making this program possible. We're very appreciative of that. Thanks to Kip uh, for leading our cotton panel today for an excellent program. We appreciate everyone out there joining us, and hope you have a good day, and we'll see you next month. Thank you.